0: Hello, everyone. How are y'all doing? I am doing okay. Thank you so much for asking. You're so sweet. Okay, so on today's wonderful episode of More with Mark, I would love to chat about this idea of synchronicity in the world. So I have kind of touched on this in past episodes, but I really didn't know what the name of the thing was that I was talking about. And it recently came to my attention through a good friend. So uh, yeah, let's just get into it. What should you do when you don't know where to start? You should listen to more with Mark. Yeah. Okay. Hello, everyone. So the other day i was sitting on instagram you know aimlessly scrolling through people's stories and whatnot and i came across the story of a friend of mine her name is shanna hello shanna i don't really know if she's listening but if you are hello if you're not hi anyway um i was watching her story and she was just kind of like walking through this like gorgeous you know little new york day um And she was just kind of having like a little bit of a revelation about um, being, quote unquote, stuck in um, in her journey. And I kind of want to share it with you. And just a quick plug for Miss Shanna, if you would like to follow her Instagram, she's a wonderful vocal coach and uh, interpreter of pop rock styles and all these different things. Uh, her Instagram is Whale with Shanna Ray. That's W A I L with Shanna, which is spelled S H A N N A H, Ray R A E. So Whale with Shanna Ray. Um. So here. Here's what she said. Let's get this right. Okay, here we go. Good morning, everyone. Just wanted to share something that I am currently going through and doing the artist way. And it's really exploring this idea of what is the payoff of staying stuck. Talk about a concept that totally is rocking my world right now. When we stay stuck somewhere, there's ultimately a payoff happening. Even if it's not as much as we could have, there's a payoff somewhere. And so trying to assess and figure out what the payoff is is, um, I don't know, certainly a, not a comfortable process. But um, I'm excited to see what's on the other side of it once I figure out what my payoffs are. So I... First of all, I'm going to get permission from her to use that because I just thought about that. But also, like, I... Uh, here's the deal. When I was watching that, I was kind of going through that situation that I told you all about with the, with the flight and with the, you know, auditioning being canceled and all this different stuff. And I... Oh, golly. I was just in a moment of, like, yeah, I really... I feel very stuck, you know? I feel very stuck in the artistic spot that I am in for, you know, whatever reason. So um, when she kind of put those thoughts together in a actual, you know, real way of thinking about it and one that, you know, clicked with me, um, it was, I mean how can I say this wild (laughs) Um, to just think about in that way Um, when you're sitting there and you're just kind of, you're in the guck, you are in the muck of all of your hard work, all of your hard work. Yes. will pay off in some way, shape or form. However, that payoff does not necessarily come right away. Right? So, with that idea kind of in mind, I wanted to talk about this idea of synchronicity. So, I have talked about sync, yeah, synchronicity. Jesus, I keep on thinking I say it wrong every single time. Anyway, so I, um, I mentioned some moments uh, in past episodes, like when I went to Chicago for that audition um, and I, you know, completely messed up and it was, Oh God, it was awful. (laughs) And I left and I was just like sobbing and all this different stuff. And if I hadn't left that audition or if I had actually booked that audition, then I would not have been available to audition for the tour that I ended up uh, booking. So, that's kind of a synchronicity moment in my mind right in my mind um and before i go any further just to be fair and to be you know completely um how can i say this uh to be completely frank about um what this uh what this word means um we will turn to our good old friend, Miss Miriam Webster. So synchronicity again. Okay. Y'all I talked to you about this when we were talking about this, um, uh, manifesting. I do not understand how you can say like the art of manifesting is the word is like the definition of manifest. It makes me so angry anyway. So the first definition, the quality for synchronicity, the quality or fact of being synchronous. Get away from me. I hate that. I, anyway, number two, the coincidental occurrence of events, and especially psychic events, in parentheses, such as similar thoughts in wildly separated persons, or a mental image of an unexpected event before it happens, close parentheses, that seem related but are not explained by conventional mechanisms of casualty, used especially in the psychology of Carl Gustav Jung. So, uh, what does that mean? Well, in in the Merriam-Webster world, it means like, okay, when two things are happening in two different people, or sorry, the same thing is happening in two different people who are not together. Kind of that moment, like when you look across the table from somebody and you both have the same thought and you look at each other and you're like, oh, you know, like, oh, you, oh, oh, you. You know what I? Oh, you know what I'm going to say, that kind of thing. That's kind of in my mind what they're identifying synchronicity um, as. Now, I also looked up a different, you know, kind of a a little more of a. Uh, an expansion, if you will, on what uh, some folks might consider synchronicity to be. So this, um, let's see, so synchronicity, this is from Psychology Today. (laughs) What a great time, y'all. We are really doing some uh, good old research here. Anyway, it was the second link. Okay, so synchronicity is a phenomenon in which people interpret two separate and seemingly unrelated experiences as being meaningfully intertwined Even though there is no evidence that one led to the other or that the two events are linked in any other casual way. Though many people perceive signs of, oh, sorry, though many people perceive signs or spiritual meaning in synchronistic events, most scientists believe that such events are more likely coincidences that only seem meaningful due to aspects of human thinking, such as confirmation bias. What is confirmation bias you might ask Well thank you so much for asking <laughs> Oh golly so um, okay so let's see this because again these definitions of like confirmation bias is confirmation bias anyway um, confirmation bias is the tendency for people to believe evidence that confirms their pre-existing beliefs and discount information that counters their beliefs those beliefs. I think in the last couple of years, we have noticed confirmation bias in many ways. Um, I will not get into that. That will not be a future podcast episode, <laughs> but just thinking about it. Anyway, seeking to corro- corroborate, I need to read, seeking to corroborate our beliefs comes naturally. While it feels uncomfortable and counterintuitive, To look for evidence that contradicts them an example of confirmation bias can sometimes be found in anxious individuals someone highly sensitive to rejection may interpret ambiguous social cues as confirming their belief that no one likes them wow (laughs) i wonder if we know anyone like that me okay um so Anyway, the way that I'm kind of interpreting synchronicity in my life anyway are kind of those moments that I had talked about previously, like where I got into the car singing a song and all of a sudden the song was on the radio or it was playing on my phone or I was singing a song that was in the same key as the beep, beep, beep that happens in my car when I turn it on or, oh, how, um, just, you know, random things, just random, random things, right? Um, And I... That's how I kind of like saw that. So kind of being stuck in our life. Sorry, kind of going back to what Shannon was saying. Being stuck in our kind of muck at the moment, but also kind of recognizing these moments of synchronicity. Of saying like, okay, so yeah, I'm going through some shit right now. But this little beam of light kind of shines light on something that affects my muck in a good way. Right? So we so this no that I got from this theater company shines light on the fact that, oh, now I can audition for that one, or oh, I'm now available for this, or this opportunity is no longer a thing, and I have that material in my back pocket if I need it, but I'm gonna go on and find other shows that might work for that material, etc. Right. So y'all yeah, you just gotta go with me on this, okay? I promise. There's a point. So um when I was thinking of, like, different ways that synchronicity has, hap- has um, affected my life or has made itself um, palpable, almost, um, in, my, in my journey, if you will. Um, it's, I mean, I, there have been more moments than none. Uh, what? There have been more moments than not. There we go. I, I the first thing I thought of were, like, full circle moments, like big, big picture full circle moments. I'm not talking like, oh, so I fell earlier today, and now at four o'clock, I know not to go up those stairs because there's a crack on the stairs. Not, not, not those like full circle, learned a lesson kind of things, right? Not, I mean, that was kind of a shitty example, but you know what I'm saying. Um, So I'm talking about like big picture, full circle moments, things that take years to kind of get to even months, maybe even a week, you know, whatever. Um, The one thing that I thought of was when I was in high school, uh, I was in the all district Honors choir <laughs> and I and I told you all I would bring this back up on a future episode here we are so I was in all district honors choir and we had auditions for um the all state um honors choir for the state of Missouri and my senior year I booked it baby I nailed it I was beyond happy beyond thrilled at this point because I really felt like I got a chance to kind of be around Folks that were as serious as I was about music, or as serious as I was about the choral world, or you know what have you, you know whatever. And I'm not saying like oh people only as talented. That's not what I'm saying. Just people who cared as much as I did. Not seeing the other people in high school didn't care, but you know what I mean. Just like a bigger collective thought, a bigger convention. All these singers coming together, meeting people with like minds, etc. The whole thing. So we were doing this piece called Chichester Psalms. Which is by Leonard Bernstein and um Leonard Bernstein, I girl sometimes you just just anyway Bernstein Bernstein, take your choice anyway, my good old Lenny uh who also wrote the music for West side story, Candide, et cetera, and um this big piece was like it was the first it was really like the first like major work that I ever did, so like this was a big deal for me um I I didn't really know what, you know, doing big major works really was because I was in high school. Like, why do I, why would I, why, why am I doing this? Like, why would I ever need to do a big fucking, you know, like actual classical work of music that has different movements and big moments, you know, all this stuff. Right. So. This piece was kind of a little bit of a a little bit of an Everest for me to get over because it was really a the first um, shot that I got at like really attempting something bigger than anything that I ever sung before and it was very exciting so um and also and then and the quest to be liked and um loved by everyone. I followed their voicing that they told me to be. I was told that I was a tenor too, and I was pissed, <laughs> as a true tenor would be, because I wanted to sing those high notes, girl. I wanted, ooh, you can tell me I wasn't a tenor one now. You couldn't tell me, but I, I stayed in my lane, and I was like, I know the second I sing something different, someone's going to call me out. They're not going to like me. It's going to be a whole thing, blah, blah, blah. So, no, I mean, knowing what I know now, girl, sing, just sing it. I don't care what you sing. Just sing something. So, um, anyway, so we go to um our first rehearsal for all district um or no sorry all state choir and we're going through the uh the chichester psalms and there is um there are two solo opportunities in the um in the piece for those of you that don't know it the piece is um all in hebrew it is gorgeous it's all just gorgeous text and it really i mean it's just such a good fucking piece Anyway, the first and third movements have a solo quartet, and then the second movement has a countertenor, do, or a counter-tenor uh, solo. And for those of you that don't know what a countertenor is, it is a male who sings um, in the female register, so um, a tenor or a baritone singing in the alto-soprano range. And I happen to be one of those, and I had not yet really honed my skill yet. but. I was going to get this together. <laughs> so I listened to the piece a lot. I really practiced. I did the audition. And, and because I was... A, y'all, I just please remember how much work I had put in to figuring out this music thing. And I wasn't even 10 years into it yet, right? Because I learned how to match pitch in like fifth grade. And I'm only in high school at this point. So that's like maybe four years. So like not... Terrible. Well, I guess it was a senior so maybe like seven or eight, but regardless it wasn't the most amount of time in the world Right, so but I knew like what to look for how to hear it all that different stuff and um, In the audition room. I was the only boy that got through it without Messing up pitches like I was the only person to actually sing the damn thing correctly now. I mean We were literally in a high school situation in the city of St. Louis. This is not the Met, okay? Like, I understand. Like, it's not whatever. And this was just an audition. They probably hadn't practiced as much as I did. Anyway, I'm kind of showing my little diva as it was. But anyway, who cares? So I was the only person that sang it correctly. And then I found out that I did not get the opportunity to audition. So... The thing was, is that all of the districts, because if you please, if you could imagine, let's say that there are, oh gosh, 20 people in each all district honors or um, uh, in each district for all state. Right. So 20 singers from each district are going to um, going to this convention to sing imagine all of them being eligible to sing for the solo. We'll say that there are only five districts, which there were many more than that, but we'll say there's only five districts. That's still a hundred people and auditioning a hundred people in a room for four things. It's too much. So they were doing pre auditions, excuse me, preliminary, if you will, uh, in the districts alone. And then they were going to decide who they were going to send to the, um, conference to, um, to audition for the quartet and then also for the countertenor stuff. So I was like, okay, bitch, I got this. Okay. It's me, at least for our district. Like I am the person who am, I, I am the one like, come on. So, um, so then I do the audition. I sing it correctly. I would, and we were all, it was one of those things where everybody listened to everyone. So I was literally sitting there witnessing people, fuck this music up and not in a good way and i uh do the audition i felt really good about it we also had a girl audition as a contralto so the counter tenor is um a male singing in a female octave a contralto is the exact opposite a female singing in the male octave or something along those lines kind of having a deeper register than than a i don't want to say normal but like a standard female register right so we had this girl who auditioned for it as well, and they ended up, I mean, she's a beautiful singer, fine. They ended up using her. We were the only district, the only district to send a contralto For this fucking solo, bro. And I was told that it was because I scooped too much. How dare you? I never scooped a day in my life. Anyway, no, I probably did. But at the same time, that is coachable, bitch. Just mm, work with me. Anyway, I'm fine. Not bitter. I'm, I'm really not. So um long story short with that we were in the audition room for the quartet I did not get the quartet because there were many I will never forget there was this tenor who I had heard like did some training at Mizzou and for those of you that don't know Mizzou is like the party school of Missouri (laughs) I mean one of but it's like the big state school right like it's a whole thing anyway so um they but they were like, you know, the creme de la creme of uh, this fucking program or whatever, and they were going to go on in steady voice and I'm a serious, you know, all this stuff. And um anyway, so I, <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm not gonna get it because he's here. So then they were auditioning the counter tenors <laughs> and the one fucking contralto. Jesus. Oh my god, I was so angry, you guys. I was so mad, y'all. I was pissed. I need anyway. So uh, they're auditioning. And then in the middle of the audition, they've gone through all the guys. I'm assuming that they didn't really hear anything that they were loving so far. And um, neither was I, to be frank. Um, Anyway, so I am sitting there and obviously I'm not auditioning. and We're just sitting there because they were also auditioning the quartet and countertenor stuff all at once. Right. Like one big room, everybody singing everything, just going down the line kind of thing. Uh, God bless those people doing the audition, my God, because that was a lot. I mean, there was a lot of singers to go through. It was probably 100 people, I would imagine. Um, Anyway, so they go through the countertenors, and not everyone is great. There's one guy who's, like, passable, you know, whatever. But then they have a moment where they say, okay, does anyone else want to try? Just, you know, just to try? Like, guys, like, come on. Like, do you guys want to jump up and try? And tell me why I did not jump up. Tell me why I did not jump up to go, "Ah, you know, just like go into it. And I was so nervous. I was so scared. And also I was told that I didn't do well. So like I didn't do it. So I, anyway, that was kind of a bummer, but you know, life goes on. So we go through the, through the whole, you know, week or weekend, whatever it was of, it was a week of conferencing and rehearsals and all this stuff we sing with uh the conductor of the mormon tabernacle choir and um he was great i mean he was yeah he was a wonderful person to sing under i will say that anyway so we're doing all this wonderful music and yada 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 and the countertenor goes up there to sing and girl listening back to this recording i am um, now granted you have to remember that these are high schoolers who are singing 10 hours a day I mean, we were rehearsing a lot. We were rehearsing a lot, y'all. I mean, the music was not easy, but we were rehearsing a fuck ton. My God, we were rehearsing so much. So, um, I mean, that's what we were. Re- what we were there to do right, you know. But at the same time, we're all singing a lot. A lot of us are over singing. We don't really know the concept of not over singing. We're teenagers, like come on. So, um, anyway, so I. Uh, heard i like listening back to the to the album, I'm like, Oh God, I am so sorry that you were put through all of that because like you can hear that it's tight, you can hear that it's like there are notes that are happening um but anyway, it was it the most amazing thing I've ever heard? No, was' it impressive because it was a high schooler singing as a countertenor one hundred percent anyway, so fast forward a million years it feels like so the symphony. Uh, I have now been singing there probably four years, I guess, four or five, and I hear the announcement because I was also working in the box office at that point, so I got a preview of the season before the chorus members did, (laughs) and I was so fucking excited because we were doing Carmina Burana which, duh, I mean, every orchestra in the world does that a million times a year, it feels like. Anyway, and I had never done it, so I was very excited to do that because the first time that we did it, I was in a show when we did it. Moving on. So now I am sitting there, and they literally, I looked down at this paper, and it says Carmina Burana and Chichester Psalms. Do you understand how excited I was? This was my moment Bitch. And I, there are not a lot of counter in this chorus. But, but I will say the other, like at the time, the other prominent counter tenor who was sought after for uh covering stuff is a very good friend of mine who i love dearly his name is keith we have known each other since we were young (laughs) because we were both in the young catholic musicians if anyone remembers that me and keith were both like boy altos for 30 years compared to everybody's like one you know we were just the high singers right and um Anyway, so I was like, in my mind, I'm like, Keith, I swear to God, if you take this from me, I will actually find you. <laughs> and I will use my very specific set of skills to kill you. Like, it's, I, I can't. I was just a mess. I was like, I, I almost had to conference with him and like, say, Keith, listen, you've had time. <laughs> you've had moments to do this. I am going to do this now. Like, I didn't do that. But I was, like, in my mind, I was like, I wish this bitch would try to take this from me. Oh, my God, I wish. And also, Carmina Barana has the very high tenor part or whatever. So there was another opportunity for him. Long story short, we all auditioned for the quartet. We all auditioned. Mark, Keith and I both auditioned for the counter tenor stuff. And um, I ended up getting in. Well, we both got into the quartet. He was the alto. I was the tenor. Um, and I will say that our quartet sounded real fucking good. I will say that if I was smart, I would have pulled it up so I could have played it for y'all. But anyway, um, it was wild. And also the other thing, so not only did I get vindication, vindication, is that the word I want to look for? Anyway, vindication, we're going to say vindication on getting into the quartet. No bitch. I was the countertenor cover for the Chichester Psalms. With the St. Louis Symphony under the conducting of, under the baton, if you will, of um, Bramwell Tovey, who worked with Bernstein. So, like, if you have ever heard of a full circle moment, this is it. Like, this was wild. Like, this was my moment to fucking make it count. So, that kind of full circle synchronicity, yes, we're bringing it back, y'all of like, okay, so yeah, I was in the muck. There were years that I was doing hard work to get through all of that vocal um, development, all of the, because I because obviously I was a senior in high school when I did it the first time, and then I didn't do it again until, gosh, four years, I, I had to at least feel like 25, 26 so I did not do it for another like eight or nine years almost so it was wild y'all it was it was crazed so um that's kind of like my wonderful full circle moment with Chester anyway of my synchronicity example for that so that's like a big full circle kind of thing that this can all kind of be tied into and staying stuck in the muck if you will um loosely you know kind of paraphrasing uh, Miss Wonderful Shanna. Um it just I mean yeah fuck it sucked. Okay. It I it sucked. I'm not gonna say that it was easy. It wasn't. It really wasn't. But when this moment came I was ready because I had done my work. I had done my work and could I have done more work on the on the counter tenor stuff? One hundred percent. Can I continue to do more work on it? Yes, bitch what the fuck? So Anyway, so that was kind of like one example of that. Um, And speaking of needing to work on stuff, actors learning how to perform through a camera as opposed to having a room full of people um, that are in front of you where you can all have a collective moment together and share that energy. That has been something that has been... A learning curve for me, like whoa, because I am used to walking in the room and making a connection with people. That's how I feel I book like things. Like, yes, I'm fine, I'm a good singer, fine, whatever. I'm a you know, I feel that I do well in the room. Um in regards to connecting with the people that are on the other side of the seating area. Okay. Uh so I you know, I feel like I can connect people connect with people that way, but like connecting with people through a room, like what what in my synchronicity journey, sitting in the muck, staying stuck and preparing, what the hell was I going to do? I had no idea. I mean Jesus. I really did not have a good grasp on filming for auditions. I had no idea. People talked about self tapes. I thought that they were a myth. Bitch, why do I need to do a self tape? Just let me come in and audition for you. Um, and now it's the complete opposite because <laughs> we're so used to doing these tapes. Oh, my God. I'm seeing all these auditions that are on, you know, the um, audition outlets like um, Actors Access, Backstage, Playbill.com, you know, all these different places um, that are saying, yes, and we're ha- we are having in-person callbacks. I'm like, mother Just let me send in a video to you. I don't want to fly <laughs> to go audition for something. But anyway, so. That was a whole learning curve for me. I was not ready for that because that also included having tracks ready for um, for audition cuts that I had. So and I'm not sure how many folks are listening to this that do not have some kind of um grasp on the audition process. But when you go into an audition, what they ask for, what they're asking for now is more of a time limit as opposed to a specific amount of music. Um so they'll say 30 seconds to a minute of singing. Uh but the way that it's normally referred to as is either 16 or 32 bar cut, meaning um 16 or 32 measures of music. Um also Google is a wonderful resource, so if you need to figure out what measures are, go for it. Anyway, um, So, when looking at these cuts, like, I made them good for a pianist to be able to play, and I am the queen of a backphrase. I love a backphrase. Oh, Jesus. And what backphrasing means is, like... If you're singing something that goes bum, 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 And we're at this tempo. One, two, three, four. So singing, um let's see. Bum, 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 bum. So like kind of back phrasing, meaning like holding out notes longer than they're supposed to be, but ending at the same time that we're supposed to end. Um, So I am the queen of it. I love a back phrase. I love a moment of just letting go. Oh, um and yeah, so my whole thing about that though is that I don't have uh tracks of these uh accompaniment uh things, if you will. <laughs> like, I don't have accompaniment tracks for these uh cuts that I that I have because not all of them are, you know, defying gravity or I don't know, waving through a window. Like, it's not just like music that like anyone and everyone has um so i was like well how am i gonna get this done so then came in the work that i was doing with the wonderful and comparable amazing woman uh miss sherry sanders they are an incredible person and i am obsessed with them um uh, Sherry created a program called Rock the Audition, and um, she focuses more on using pop and rock music in an audition setting. So while that wasn't necessarily my gig, because like I didn't really, I thought that like. I wasn't cool enough <laughs> to be able to, like, walk into an audition and, like, sing a Google Doll song or an Eminescence song or, like, some really cool, like, Daughtry song. You know, like, just, I wasn't, I didn't feel that like I was cool enough. Anyway, that's, that could be another episode, but moving on with through the work that i did with sherry and the wonderful resources that she created um on musicnotes.com with all of her audition cuts that she made for us and whatnot um that came with a kind of midi track or like a like kind of a oh how can i say this like a tinny kind of electric sounding um accompaniment track for the audition cuts that she was creating so i was like oh cool so i can get these cuts and then I can like use them for auditions. Let me start learning this. So I really dove very far into that, and that was wonderful to um, experience and be able to um, really just like sink my you know sink my fingers into it. So um, so doing that work then led to me being able to feel more comfortable with practicing things on camera because I had a consistent um, way of doing it and a consistent uh, pattern or method of um being able to get these uh get this material worked up and practice it and make it good the one way i want to do it and then getting in front of the camera seeing how it looks and adjusting what you know and whatnot so now when i'm doing a self-tape like it's it's a full-on production y'all i literally get my um one of my other microphones out i one of my other microphones jesus my only other microphone that i have and I get that out and I, because it records the room better than, I, I mean, I feel that it records the room better than um, than just like a phone microphone. It's not, anyway, it's not that big of a deal, but I just do it to, you know, just to make myself feel a little bit better about what I'm recording. So I get that out, plug it up to the computer, open GarageBand. I have all of these different takes that I've recorded. And then we're setting up the ring line and we're putting the phone up there and then we're like Last what was it was it last night or the night before I was um, doing this uh, audition where I had two different scenes both of which included full dialogue um, with another character and those are really hard to do obviously when you live alone and you have nobody that's necessarily of um, you know just readily available to come over and be able to read with you so. I, so first you have to, um, I, well, this is how I did it. So I read the scene, um, the other person's dialogue into a voice memo on my phone, leaving enough time between each line to, um, have enough room for me to say my line that I'm actually going to be on film for. And then continuing with that, you know, all the way through and had to do that for two different (laughs) scenes. And it was just a lot of work and it was fine. You know, no big deal. Like that's what we're. That's what we're doing. And because I've done all this work with even just singing auditions, you know, via um, self-tapes, now all of that work, all of the tech side of like, okay, so this is how I set this up so I can make sure that this sounds good and et cetera, et cetera. um, It it all has just, you know, it's just all building blocks of all this stuff that helps um, just make the experience uh, more efficient makes the experience just better overall less stress i don't don't want to say less stress because like it's still stressful trying to get something right and you want to get it right the first time um but allowing yourself to you know giving yourself the grace to obviously have multiple takes and bitch i have multiple takes okay you can ask my friend jack hi jack literally I I have shown him my phone after an audition. It is because I have, I'm filming in front of a um like a blue, um uh, piece of fabric. Basically, it's like this big blue backdrop that I have in my office here. It's literally right behind me right now. Um, I like literally my I could sc- like do like a solid scroll on my phone in my pictures, and it's literally just all squares of like blue because I'm just filming so many takes of this thing, and. I've gotten better as to not take 40 different takes for one scene because that doesn't help anyone. You're giving yourself too many options. It's too fucking much. Okay? That doesn't help anybody. Like, do the scene. Do the take. Look at what you did. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Okay, great. What don't you like about it? What do you like about it? The next time you do it, fix and retain all the things that either need to be fixed or retained and do the scene again. You should be good. I mean, you know, maybe a third take, maybe a third take. So I'm getting better at that. But before it was like take after take after take after. Ta- I mean, it was ridiculous. So anyway, and also another person who has kind of gotten me, um, uh, you know, kind of hip to the idea of a few takes and that's it, you know, like getting me in this mode of like, Okay, this is the goal—just a couple of takes and be done. Is the wonderful coach Mel Rob over at the Biz of Show? Hello, Mel Rob. We love her. I actually made a jingle for her, <laughs> which was so fun to make, um, because she is adorable and I live for her. Anyway, but she kind of got me on the path of um, tracking auditions, uh, making sure I knew what I did for each audition. It just kind of helps, you know, just like kind of keep track as to what that cast director seen and um, and just making. It you know just making it a little bit better of a process so that way you don't repeat things that they might not have liked or you or you know how to take a different approach you know because you might not see a casting director for a year and you realize oh well the last time I saw them I remember they gave me this um, adjustment or whatever and I should probably just you know do it that way for the thing and moving on that's that's a whole thing so it's all staying stuck in the muck and doing the work right so the bigger full circle moments can be when you get a fucking callback based off of one of your self-tapes or you book a job based off of a self-tape. Now that has not yet happened. All the jobs that I have self-taped for have included a callback in person and that's where I booked or that's where I, or that was where I lost it, you know? So I haven't just, I haven't only booked work from a self-tape just yet. I'm working on it I hope that that's a thing but also I want to get in a room with people (laughs) just I want to be there with people and have a good time anyway so that kind of bigger picture synchronicity like everything's kind of happening for a reason you know what I mean um kind of having those moments where like oh my god because also even last night when I was filming these auditions these scenes I was um so I had my AirPod um, in my right ear because obviously I don't have my left. (laughs) Listen to the episode. And uh, I was uh, speaking along with the voice memo that I had recorded and I was speaking with this like British dialect that um, at one point I guess the computer heard, hey, pause for dramatic thing because I don't want it to do anything, Siri, um, because I don't know, like I, I, (laughs) I kept trying to figure out how to not have that happen Um, but also like, I don't know. It was, it was a whole thing. I was like, no, but, um, so literally the computer kept interrupting me. (laughs) All of a sudden she's like, "Mm mm-hmm. Like, all of a sudden, just, like, popping out of nowhere, Siri's asking me what's going on. And I'm like, bitch, I'm not talking to you. Damn. So, you know, even learning curves are still happening. And it's the most annoying thing in the world. But life goes on. And I was able to get the audition filmed. I felt great about it. And I sent it off last night. It was very exciting. And today I was stress-free. I just had to work and then watch Drag Race. And here we are. Now, another thing that I watched today that also is a huge example. When I say an obnoxiously huge example of synchronicity, bitch, I cannot tell you. I can't, I, 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 Jesus, I have to, I have to take a breath. Here, everybody take a deep breath with me. Here we go. Okay, I feel better. So, the show, This Is Us. Now, if you are not. Uh, current viewer of the show I encourage you to watch it Um, if you have watched the show in the past and you decided that you don't like the show I encourage you to rewatch it Um, if you are a current watcher I love you and I hope that we can talk about this anyway so I every time I watch This Is Us especially the last two episodes most recently um, I have been an absolute puddle on the floor because of the fact that uh, in the show, um, they're dealing with Mandy Moore, uh, who does an amazing job in the show, by the way. An amazing job. If you think, oh, it's going to be a Walk member Remember all over again, or whatever. It's not that. I mean, she is really, really good in the show. Like, outrageously, everyone is phenomenal in the show. Um, but they're dealing with an illness or a diagnosis that she was given. Girl, if you haven't watched it, fine. If you have been watching, great. She has early onset dementia. It's a whole thing. It's either dementia or Alzheimer's. I can't remember which one. But I have dealt with both, and um, we like I always joke about the fact that like my memory is just like not great, and I notice like little things, but I'm also just kind of hyper aware of it, and I'm a little hypochondriac, e if I can make up a word about it, because I just get really nervous that my brain is just going to go to mush, and I'm so. Wow, y'all, I can't even talk about that. That is, oh God, that is such a fear of mine. Can cannot even tell you? And I am so grateful that I have this musical memory to help me kind of get through that. When I get older, I, I already know it might be a thing. I'm hoping to break the mold on that, but, like, wow, it's a terrifying idea to me. And it has also been, like, a fear of mine with my mom and stuff. And I love my mother to the moon and back, and I would do anything for her, um... But there, I mean, it was her dad that was dealing with dementia and, you know, and so Alzheimer's and all this stuff. So, like, you just start to notice, like, little things here and there of, like, her saying, gosh, like, my memory just isn't this, that, the other. And so then I get, like, you know, I go into full panic mode <laughs> and it's like, Jesus, what do you need? I'm like, what, what kind of remedies can we do? Do you need more orange juice? Like, I don't know. Just little things. Just, oh, my gosh. It is... Oh wow, it's a lot to go through. Um anyway, but so the last episode, let's see, before the most recent one was about them uh kind of navigating um Rebecca or Mandy Moore uh Rebecca's um diagnosis and just kind of um starting to live with it a little bit more and she also kind of takes control of things and she's like I'm not going to let this beat me but I am going through stuff so please family just like be there for me when you can and if you are unavailable just keep me in your thoughts and we'll we'll catch up okay um, and then this most recent episode was focused around um, the uh, triplets again because the episode before that really didn't have them in it because Kate was going on a whole journey anyway or not Kate uh, Rebecca Mandy Moore was going on a whole journey so now, the triplets are back. Uh, Randall, uh, Kate, and the really hot one, Kevin. Um, and they are going through their own stuff uh, in regards to either their relationships or um, their children that they have. Uh, it's it's a whole thing. They're navigating their worlds and all that stuff. And Rebecca um, had... Uh, a flashback to when, I mean, y'all just watch the show. Damn it. Anyway. Um, but she had a flashback to when Kate was like in her teens somewhere in there. Um, and the, the two boys had gone off to school. They were at school and Kate was not at school. So she was still living at home with her mom. Um, and, she, uh, Rebecca, the mom, uh, Mandy Moore, she started dating people because, you know, uh, the dad has died and all this different stuff. Also, these are not spoilers. Okay. Let's... Just, okay. The man dies. It's a whole thing. It's very sad. Watch the episodes. It's very good, but moving on. So, um, yeah. So, like, just watching that go on because, like, I had a similar situation with my mom where um, uh, I was young. I think... I was I was younger than what was portrayed in This Is Us anyway. Because um, Kate was like probably mid-teens. Like I would say closer to like 16, 17 when she was going through it. And I was like 11 or 12 like when all this was going on. And, you know, I'm not here to tell my mother's business. So let's get that very straight. I'm not here to bash my mother. My mother is a wonderful person. We have all gone through things. And everyone affects everybody. Let's just synchronicity okay everyone affects everyone so the situations that she was going through was affecting me in a not so great way oh excuse me and i was i was going through it i mean it was a lot and to watch kate and rebecca going through those moments was like it was literally just like watching like a whole movie (laughs) about this girl going through these things with her mom no. Granted, there's a little bit of a different dynamic when I think it's a mother and a son as opposed to a mother and a daughter. You know, I personally I think there's a different dynamic. That's my opinion. Um not any worse, I you know, not any better. It's just a different dynamic. Um so yeah, I mean there was just there was just so much that I was seeing that looked like my life <laughs> with my mom and the things that Kate was saying. Um, along the lines of just talking to her mom and, um, and saying, yeah, we've gone through some really bad times, uh, about 30 years worth of bad times. And now we're in a good place, but also now is when my mom has been diagnosed with this like illness that is going to take her away from me sooner than anticipated. And that makes me really nervous. And, Yada yada yada, blah, blah, blah. So, and like they had to have a conversation because you know, um, Rebecca, like her memory is at a certain place, like where they've had MRIs done, and like the MRIs are not showing good progress, we'll put it that way. And um Kate has to tell her, like, listen, like uh her and her husband don't necessarily want to leave her kids with her at the moment because they don't know if something goes wrong, you know. Yeah, not that she would ever do it intentionally, et cetera. It's I mean, it's it's a hard conversation to have and it's really rough. Um it was a lot to watch and it was another it was hearkening back to them fighting when they were younger. Um and then like it ended with them, you know, talking about it, making up, and Kate came up with a way for her mom to spend more time with the kiddos in a productive way that would help both of them because of the musical memory thing and Anyway, it's a beautiful episode. It's a beautiful situation um to witness, you know, just to like witness the the whole um storyline of the whole arc. I mean, it's it's just wild. I mean, really. So, watching these moments and using this this specific artistic outlet as therapy, um like literally watching, you know, a television show cuz obviously artistic outlets can come either in like physically doing something like being a painter uh, dancing in a like either on a stage or in a nightclub or um, in your room you know whatever or just singing a song or um, doing a monologue from a show whatever you know artistic outlets can be found in many 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 various ways um, this artistic outlet for me tonight was watching this television show and literally just kind of watching little nuggets from my life on TV, which was wild, absolutely wild. But because of all the things that my mother and I went through uh, together, we went through them at the same time. I want to make that very clear. We were, we were going through it all. We were in our muck. We were stuck very much so. Um, And we went through the steps to make our relationship better, which, um, included, uh, more open communication, included a lot of therapy. Um, cause I was also around the time I was dealing with coming out and she was dealing with, you know, all of her stuff. I mean, we all had stuff like Elaine Stritch says, everyone has their bag of rocks, everyone. And to say that, like my, because my rocks are bigger, your rocks don't matter. That's not, that's not it. That's not the tea. Like, don't. That's not it. You have to be willing to accept other people's situations and be willing to talk to them and help them through it. You know what I mean? Just be empathetic. Anyway, that's now that is another episode anyway. um, But because my mom and I were going through a lot at the same time and we were both just butting heads. I mean, we are Irish. My ma- I was born in April. My mother's born in May, so like we're close on the zodiac. I don't really know what that means, but anyway, my favorite color is blue. Her favorite color is green. It's a lot. So, um, it, and you know, she had vices to deal with her, um, to deal with her stress. And I, my vices were different. My vice was food. Hers were other things that I will not get into because that's not that's my mother's business, not mine. Um but my vice definitely was food still is 100% um that will be another episode um but yeah just this whole idea of like watching of watching the show and just seeing my mother and I on TV I mean it was wild it really was crazy I don't I can't tell. like I was literally sobbing both the during the last episode and then during this episode just watching it, Um, just kind of mourning all of the, not to absolutely quote parade, but all the wasted time um, that we've had um, in our life, and uh, I actually had a a moment like this also uh, in regards to my brother, so I have a brother who's eight years and three days older than me. So he was born on the thirteenth. I was the sixteenth, and we're both Aries. <laughs> so, um, and he was the first grandchild. So that's that's important. <laughs> I just it's important. So, uh, yeah, we we obviously had an age difference, but my friend, who one of my best best friends, who will never not be in my life, and I will never not be in her life, no matter how much. She might want to get rid of me. Kidding. Um, her name is Kayla. Hello, Kayla. I love you so much. Um, she and her sister were also the same age difference as me and my brother. And her and her sister are as thick as thieves. So it's all about scenarios, I guess. <laughs> um, it's all about situations. But um, but anyway, my brother and I just, we butt heads a lot. We were both going through different things at different times. I was... Um, a child, and he was a teenager. I mean, like it's you know we were we were going through stuff during the pandemic. Uh, there we came across the National Sibling Day, and I was like, let me try to find some like really cute pictures of me and Matt, my brother. Uh, his name is Matt, and because um, at this point, like my brother and I are getting closer. You know, we're doing a lot better. We're, we have a lot more open communication. But when we were younger, again, it was a whole scenario at my house. I mean, it was it was a totally different thing than it is today, which is great. Um, But, uh, it was a lot. So, um, so I was looking through these photo albums and I saw this picture of my brother, um, and in our bathroom, for some reason we had a chair in there. (laughs) I don't know why we had this like random chair just in the bathroom. And if you, if anyone that is listening to this podcast that has actually been to my mother's house, which not a lot of you have. And that's kind of intentional. No shade to my mother, but I was very, you know, um, insecure about my living situation. Anyway, um, if any of you have been to my mother's house in the bathroom, we all realize it is not a large bathroom. Um, it's very narrow. Like there's obviously like a full size tub sink, toilet, all that stuff, but it's a very narrow bathroom. So it's not wide at all. We can't, I don't know how we fit the chair in there, to be honest with you, but we did. And I was looking at this picture. I was sitting on the chair. My brother was in the bathroom and no no one was going to the bathroom. I'll be very clear about that. I was sitting in the chair and my brother was literally combing my hair. He was just, I don't know what he was doing with it, but like I just saw this like series of like two or three photos where we were just in the bathroom hanging out living our best life (laughs) my mother took photos thank god of this um moment and I that wasn't the only photo that I found I mean like there were other photos like of us at the local parish picnic on rides and stuff and he's like leaning over the bar and I'm coming around on the ride and he's like giving me like a high five and stuff and um and just other like little things like us out in the snow us standing in the front of the house for no reason other than just to take a picture um us sitting on the slide like um me kind of like sitting in his lap with his arms around me and like getting ready to go down the slide and stuff um I was looking god damn it I was looking at these pictures and I just openly <laughs> literally just in the back of my house it's a beautiful spring day I we're in the middle of a pandemic, so, like, there was a lot going on. But I was just looking at these pictures of, like, a life that, like, I had not... Oh, God. I wasn't aware of it. I just... I really was not aware of this life that was happening. Um, Sorry, y'all. We're just going to have to deal with this. It's been a long night. Um, I had... I was just... It was almost like just looking at, at this whole at this whole other i don't I'm not crying on the podcast jesus um just looking at like this whole other life that i that i didn't really get to um i don't want to say enjoy but that i didn't get to experience it, just to actually be objective to the scenario to the to the things that were going on that we were going through as a family. Um and just seeing these photos, I was gobsmacked. It just hit me, like it's hitting me right now. Um just like a ton of bricks. I mean, really. Um it was wild. I mean, it was crazy just to like see. And the picture that got me was the picture of him combing my hair in the bathroom, which is so stupid. Um but like it was just a picture. God damn it. That just showed that like my brother was like caring for me in a moment and my mom caught it, you know, on film. Like, why? This is so random, but like great. Um and I I was just I was a puddle. <laughs> just like right now, I was literally just a puddle, you know, just looking at this world that I never knew existed. I just didn't. There were so many other things that I was focused on that I was trying to get through, that I was trying to escape from. And I just, I could not, like, everyone says, you know, see the forest through the trees. The This was the forest that I could not see f- from behind the one tree. <sighs> Fuck. That I was just stuck Behind. It was purely just stuck behind it. And I could not see this entire forest. I just keep using that analogy. Anyway, just this whole world of love or happiness or anything that was available to me because I was so just blinded by all of the depression, all of the all of the sadness that was happening, all of the uh turmoil that I was going through that was sometimes self-created, sometimes, you know, um situational, you know <sighs> fuck. I am sorry, y'all. I mean emotion I'm not sorry for having emotions, but anyway. Um it was just a lot. So I was looking through these pictures of me and my brother and going through (laughs) all of these photos and my mom comes back into because at this time during the pandemic i was still living with my mom i hadn't moved into my apartment yet i uh uh move in nope mark come on i was sitting in the back room in the office uh just looking through these pictures and just you know sobbing literally just like so like what i'm doing right now is like Super tame compared to what I was doing (sighs) in the privacy of that office in the back room of my mother's house. Anyway. Um, so she comes back and she sees me looking at these photos, and I she like comes from behind and she like comes, puts her hand on my back. She's like, Hey, are you like, are you still looking through the photos? And I was like, Yes. And I'm like crying my eyes out. And I was just having a full circle and I don't want to make it corny by bringing this up, but like synchronicity kind of moment, like for some reason I could not see what I had, the situation that I was in, or sorry, the other side of the situation that I was in, the other side of the coin, if you will. Um, I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. For some fucking reason i could not see it and in this full circle moment of pure synchronicity where things matched up and i was able to see i was able to step out from god this the fucking symbolism step out from behind the one tree that i was stuck behind that entire time i was able to finally relinquish all of these feelings about You know, not being able to be close with my brother, not being able to be close with my mom, not being able to just live a life of happiness and be able to enjoy things and make friends and all this different stuff after being so worried about everything that was not in my control, that would never be in my control and that I could never have in my control. And that wasn't mine to control. Jesus, it wasn't my, it wasn't for me to control. Anyway, anyway. My future therapist is going to love this episode, by the way. Anyway. Um it was it was a lot. My mom was like, What's wrong? And I was like, no, like I'm just I'm, like I just I couldn't make words. I was like, I'm sorry, like I was like literally like sobbing and couldn't catch my breath. And it was it was a lot. Anyway. Okay, well, I've officially cried on the podcast, everybody. Here we are. Yay. So, um, anyway, all of these things. So the um the full the big photo circle moment for Chichester Psalms and Symphony, um, learning how to connect through uh, acting on camera and stuff with other people that were also going through this and making it, making it count, making it happen, making it deliberate and not, um, and not accidental, you know, excuse me. Uh, and then also just, you know, having some closure (laughs) with, um, moments that I didn't know I needed, well, that I wasn't acknowledging that I needed closure with. All of these things just, you know, kind of all added up to huge moments of synchronicity in my life. And um, as Shanna beautifully said, just kind of dealing with being stuck and not knowing what the payoff is, is worth the journey. But it's only worth the journey when you know what the payoff is. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I mean, a silly not a silly situation but a random situation with uh with the audition that i was going to go to in new york and then the flights got canceled and all this different stuff the moment like literally the moment that i got my money back for uh from canceling the flight and canceling my ticket to see patty lapone and company uh-huh um i got an email from another casting director asking me to do uh some sides for him and those are actually the sides that i just filmed uh last night and the night before. So, I mean, and then there was another big opportunity that, um, I got to have a callback for, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I got a callback little moments of being stuck, but seeing payoff and it's all worth it. I know. Oh God. Mark, listen to yourself. It really, it is all worth it. At the end of the day, it sucks. All of this bullshit sucks. So many things right now that are going on in my life that I cannot, that I don't want to talk about because of the fact that it's like, it's just not necessary to talk about it yet. It's not the right time. And, uh, I have talked about it with other people in private, but you know, anyway, it's just not, it's not the moment. Uh, there's other shit going on and I have to keep telling myself that it's, I'm I don't love the phrase that it's worth it. Um, but the the fact that it is not accidental that this is happening. Um, this is not just a freak situation that I have to claw my way out of, you know, all this different stuff. Um, all of it for some, in some weird, 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 weird way is all a part of the synchronicity that we experience. And I look at big, bigger picture things like, yes, Little moments here and there of like hearing the song on the radio before it actually plays, or um syncing up with the uh with the car beeping when I get in the car or um just other little things, just other little things um you know just paying attention to those little moments make the bigger moments much more worth it, so I definitely encourage all of you to trying to find examples of synchronicity in your life. Um, Maybe just, just little things and you don't need to force it. I mean, calm down, you know, it's not that serious, but um, it does kind of make things a little more tangible or um, help explain why things happen or that they did happen. Jesus. Um, And you're not crazy. um, Because sometimes you can feel crazy when you're like, no, like this absolutely happened because of this that like that is it and you can use this as an example you know all that stuff um yeah it's just it's a whole thing anyway thank you so much to Shanna for posting that little video that she probably didn't know was going to have such an impact on me but it did um another moment of synchronicity you know I Shanna posted that video and things clicked for me and I knew that I needed to make a podcast episode about it (laughs) so here we are you know, um, without that video, I don't know that I would have been able to put it all together. So thank you, Shanna, for that. Um, yeah, it's just. Whew, it's a lot. It is a lot. Um, and I hope that this hasn't been too, like, all over the place or, you know, whatever. you <laughs> were too, like, dense of material, like, just getting into big stories and then all of a sudden shifting into another story or something like that. Anyway, I hope that this episode brought you some closure in your own uh, situation. Um, Maybe shed some light on what was going on in your own life. Um, And if it didn't, oh, well, we got to hang out for an hour. Um, (laughs) That's where I'm at, y'all. Anyway, I am going to Uh, hop off of here and plan for the next episode. But I just want to thank you all again for listening. Um, Just hearing that like people, like random people texting me, like saying like, Hey, I'm listening and this is really funny or, Oh my gosh, I remember when that happened or Holy shit. Like, why aren't you talking about me? Uh, (laughs) Big shout out to Jeffrey. Love you. (laughs) Um, I, uh, it it makes me, it, it just brings me so much joy to know that people are actually listening to this. And that this is not the void that I've been accustomed to performing to for the last however long we've had COVID. So, um, anyway, you all are amazing. As Renee Brown says all the time, stay curious, you know. Um, And I guess I will just see you on the next episode. All right. Bye, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of More With Mark. To get more with Mark, haha, come visit our Instagram at morewithmark. And a big shout out to our sponsor for today's episode. Thank you so much for your support. Y'all, if you would like to know more about them, Google is a wonderful resource. Ha <laughs> ha! And I could not do this if I did not have you, our wonderful listeners, listening in. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of More With Mark. Bye.